0: But when we look at goals, it's goals that we actually want, not goals that we think we're supposed to want. Um, And for me, I mean, that was what I was chasing for a long time in my life, other people's goals, other people's expectations. And then I realized like, "Mm, okay, I'm not happy. Like I'm hitting all these milestones. Why am I not happy? Right. And I'm also not taking care of myself because I'm hustling. Um, And when I had my kids, it was kind of this awakening, like, okay, first, I need to start recognizing what I actually want, and and being okay with that, even if it's different than what other people think I should want. And also, if I'm going to do this thing, you know, business, and also take care of my kids, I'm a single mom. So there's like a lot of extra <laughs> Then I have to take care of myself. So, you know, my background is in mental health. And so there's a lot of that in my work.
1: Motherhood is an honorable and full-time job, but between the dishes and diapers lies a woman with her own hopes and dreams. Here we discuss the woman behind her title mother and the many things that bring joy into her life. I'm your host, Jerica, and welcome to season three of She Has a Name Too, This season is packed with inspirational stories of women just like you and I. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode.
2: All right. Welcome back to She Has a Name Too. I am so excited to be here with Kelly Travis today. Um, Welcome. Thank you for coming on the show.
0: Thanks for having me. I'm excited.
2: Awesome. Um, So Kelly, tell us where you're from. Where are you living right now?
0: Well, I'm from Michigan. I've lived in a handful of other places in the U.S., and I currently live in Las Vegas, Nevada.
2: Awesome. I like to kind of just get an idea of where people are from because it's so fun to hear from people from everywhere.
0: Yeah. Heck yeah. Very cool. Um,
2: Okay. So I like to just jump right into the interview. Um, All these listeners know that. We kind of just dive right in um, because the interview is your introduction, basically.
0: Yeah, let's do it.
2: Um, All right. So, my first question for you is Who are you to those who do not call you mom?
0: Okay. Um, I am, yeah. Okay. So, I, in the short answer, is I'm a business owner, I am a competitive athlete, I am a writer, and a friend, and a, a daughter. Um professionally, though, I spend a lot of my time and energy there. and um, And I feel like that has always been, you know, I know, like you have lots of moms listening, right? And so I always have had to have some sort of, you know, professional goal while being a mom. Like I tried the just you know, um, not just, I tried being home with my kids, um, for a time when they were little and it, I couldn't do it. So I give props to all the women who stay home and do that because that is a struggle (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I I can't do, I couldn't do it. So, um, I just think that the women that stay home and are doing all of that, that just need a lot of credit.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I think that's so true. I mean, we have a lot of women who are entrepreneurs on, that listen to this show and we have a lot of stay-at-home moms. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, just totally validating those feelings either way. Yes. It's yes. hard being a mom. This stage of life is... It is.
0: Difficult. And I think that, you know, the message is you have to choose, mm-hmm. right? And there's so much criticism one on one or the other, right? If you choose to work, then, you know, you're not there enough for your kids. And if you choose to stay home, then why aren't you working? Mm-hmm. Like, let's just all support one
2: another. Right. <laughs>
0: right. Okay, I totally got off your question, but.
2: <laughs> no, that's, that's fine. That's so true, though. It's a valid point, um, is that we should be supporting each other regardless of what we decide to do. Because, Let's be honest, like some moms are just better moms if they have eight hours a day to work, to like be yeah. outside of the home um, and yeah. they come home and they feel refreshed and like they miss their kids. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But there are some moms who really can't leave their kids for eight hours a day and I totally get yep. that too. That's, yep. yeah, either way it is not easy. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> you're a businesswoman. Uh, You have a podcast, right? Yep. So tell Mm -hmm. me a little bit about your podcast and what like inspired you to get into that.
0: Yeah. Well, my podcast is an extension of my business. My podcast is called She Doesn't Settle. And it was born out of the work that I do um, primarily with women. So I work with high achieving women, Um, who either own their own business are in a leadership role in an organization or are kind of like rising the ranks, right? Somewhere in there. Uh, And what I work with women on is creating that foundation of personal health and well-being while also going after the big, big, big goals, right? Um, And getting that idea that we can't have both out of our heads and recognizing yes, we can actually do both. And in fact, if we take care of ourselves, we will succeed even more. But when we look at goals, it's goals that we actually want, not goals that we think we're supposed to want. Um, and for me, I mean, that was what I was chasing for a long time in my life, other people's goals, other people's expectations. And then I realized like, mm, okay, I'm not happy. Like I'm hitting all these milestones. Why am I not happy? Right. And I'm also not taking care of myself because I'm hustling. Um, and when I had my kids, it was kind of this awakening, like, okay, first I need to start recognizing what I actually want and and being okay with that, even if it's different than what other people think I should want. And also if I'm going to do this thing, you know, business and also take care of my kids, I'm a single mom. So there's like a lot of extra (laughs) Then I have to take care of myself. So, you know, my background is in mental health. And so there's a lot of that in my work.
2: Yeah, I think it's so important that the focus be on taking care of ourselves and what we personally need. Like we were saying with the stay at home mom thing, right? Some moms just can't do it. And some moms really don't want to go to work. And so it's about you. And it's not about... What your mom wants for you, or your aunt, or your friend, or whatever—it's about what you need. Yeah,
0: yeah. We are just so conditioned to take on whatever society tells us, or our family, or our environment thinks that we should be doing, and it's getting to that place where we can be confident and saying, "You know what? No, I actually know what I want, and it's not this. I'm going to choose the different thing." So, there's a lot of unconventional stuff that happens in my work where we're deciding, you know, what. What life is going to look like, and it's okay that it is different.
2: So, so how did you kind of come to the conclusion for yourself um, what path you needed to take for your for your own well being?
0: Yeah, well, I have a long history of things. Um, I'm a recovered anorexic, so I spent some time in the hospital when I was in my 20s. Um, out of you know, had to drop out of college and do all that work, and and then. Never really fully recovered. Um, Like Physically, I was healthy, but mentally and emotionally, not so much, even though my work was in that. Um, And I ended up actually getting out of social work and spending 10 years in the publishing industry and climbing the ladder and sitting around the tables with all the old white men and all that fun stuff. And I um, entered into an abusive relationship, uh, had kids with him. And it was right after I became pregnant with my first son that I recognized, you know what, I'm I'm very successful. Everything on the outside looks like I've got it all together, right? Like I was training for the Olympic trials and I was at the top in my industry and all of these things, but I was so unhappy and I was so unhealthy. And I remember looking at that the two lines on the pregnancy test and going, okay, Kelly, you got to get it together. Like this is, you can't, how are you going to bring in another person into this world when you're not taking care of yourself? So I went back and did a lot of work on myself um, in the process. Obviously nothing happens overnight, right? People will tell us it happens overnight, but it doesn't. Um, And so I gradually made some changes, left my job, started my business. And it wasn't until I was pregnant with my second son and after having him that I realized the last piece of me fully kind of taking care of myself and being in a place where I was healthy was leaving my ex-husband And that was the biggest challenge and the biggest hurdle because of that relationship. Um, But all I needed to hear was the therapist say to me, Kelly, I know you're staying because of your boys, but you need to leave because of your boys. Um, And so that was kind of the moment for me.
2: That sounds like it it took a lot of courage to make that change and to, I mean, to get out of a relationship like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. My youngest was a year old. Oh, wow. So it was a big, so all the moms listening, you know what that's like when your kids are super young, but it was the best thing.
2: I'm so glad that that worked out for you because that is like a fear that a lot of women have is, you know, will I, mm-hmm. I mean, like you said, I mean, you had climbed the corporate ladder. You you were professional. You looked like you had it all together. And yet still, that's like a a fear that I'm sure crept in.
0: Well, and I felt like I was kind of living a lie because I was working with my clients on all of these things and their well-being. And, you know, relationships are a part of our emotional and, and mental well-being, right? And physical. And I felt like I was a fraud. Like I was listening to these people, coaching them on different areas of their life. And here I am with this big secret, like I'm in this abusive relationship and, and so it felt like this weight was lifted when I finally took that. And, you know, there's so much shame associated with leaving any relationship, right? Again, society, placing expectations. Um, and so for me, it was how did I step into this, right? How did I let it get this bad? Um, and so I had to do a lot of work around that afterwards.
2: Yeah. And it's, it's amazing how society, I mean, shapes everything that we believe, right? We're talking, we'll go back to the stay at home mom thing, right? There are parts of society that want to push us into being a stay at home mom, or maybe you live in a community that pushes you to work and you don't want to do that. Maybe you live in a society in a small community that pushes you to stay in your marriage, no matter what. And I think you really have to figure out what is best for you ultimately.
0: Yep. And that takes like slowing down and asking yourself those hard questions, Mm -hmm. which we like to avoid. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) That's why we have coaches, right? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Help us answer the, or ask the hard questions and help us think about it. Yeah, for sure. So did you have, um, when you left your ex-husband, did you have a lot of support? Did you, or did you find that it was hard in society to make that
0: yeah. choice. You, you know, I f- it was a very interesting um, time because I was living, you know, my family didn't live here. Um, so I didn't have any family support. The only reason I felt comfortable leaving was because we had lived in Las Vegas before moved back East and had just moved back. So I felt like, okay, I have some, I have people here. Um, so, Support in terms of helping me with my kids, zero, no support. But emotional support, yes. What was interesting, and I find that a lot of people experience this, is that when people found out we were getting divorced, family, friends came out of the woodwork and saying, we never liked the way he treated you. I remember this specific time, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm I'm thinking why didn't you say this to me sooner, right? Because I was looking for, you know, some sort of validation that I wasn't crazy. But you know, it's just everybody goes through it in a different way. So support, um, I had to pay for it. <laughs> um, you know, with my kids, but um, I did have, you know, some close friends that were supportive.
2: I kind of wanted to transition to, I mean, talk about support, but in among women. Um, I just, I loved your episode, your most recent one, um, which I guess by the time this airs, it won't be your most recent one. I think it's episode 84. If listeners want to go back and listen to it, it's episode 84. Um, and you talked about the queen bee effect and how supporting women like kind of works great for a little while. Until someone steps up and starts being more successful than the others. So, can you tell us more about that queen bee effect?
0: Yeah. So, that episode was about like female rivalry and female competition. And um, what I have found in my work and in my own life too, I don't know about you, but uh, you know, there have been periods of time where I've felt like the women in my life or in the organization or wherever have been more of. Competition than um, a collective community, right? And I did a lot of research for this episode because I do a lot of work inside organizations and I find that the women who are trying to rise in the ranks aren't getting there like men do. Um, So there might be one female that takes a leadership role and then that female isn't bringing up other females. Um, And so I looked into a lot of this. And so what I found is there's this concept called the power dead even rule, which basically says that for healthy relationships to be possible between women, they have to like their self-esteem and their power, their role needs to be similar in weight to the other. Right. And so when somebody shifts that balance by either rising in status or achieving a goal first, or, you know, even like in our communities, right? Like we see this, somebody gets married first or somebody has a kid first, right? All of those things, they wreck that balance, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So it doesn't matter if you're in your 20s or your 60s, like this is happening on some level. And so what happens, to what you're referencing is then this turns into this queen bee effect, Right which basically is this you know there's a where, there's a woman that's been like promoted in status some way right and she has to change her behavior toward everyone including the other women in her life to kind of keep that status and so it's super harmful because this happens because they kind of get you know ostracized right like you're not, you're better than us or, you know, we can't be around you because now you've changed this balance. And so, you know, there's a different, yeah, it's crazy.
2: That's so interesting. Cause as I was listening to the episode, I was thinking back to high school, which I feel like it is most evident in high schools. Um, but I was thinking about how I was never friends with girls ever I just, I had a group of guys that I hung out with. And, um, I think the hardest part about that for me was that when I got married, I was one of the first married and then I lost all my friends. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, no one wants to be friends. No guys want to be friends with a married girl. It's kind of weird unless they're friends with her husband. So, um, yeah, but then as you're talking about the first one to have a baby, the first one even the first one to have a second baby. Uh-huh. I've noticed like that happens. The first one to meet their weight goal or to get a job after maternity leave, whatever it is.
0: All of it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, this idea that there's not enough for all of us or that you know, your changes in your life, your progression means something about my own, right? There they're not, there's no, there's zero to do with your journey or and mine, right? And so what has happened is we women have been conditioned to think that we have to compete. Like there's this rivalry, right? Like there's not enough or you know, she's there first, or you know, if I bring these people along with me inside an organization, then their competition and what's that going to mean about my, you know, status. When in fact, if we look at the way men operate, they bring each other up. Like they're just trying to bring the whole herd up, right? How do we keep ourselves together? And, um, and so, you know, what we have to recognize is that this is really harmful for us as women and we're better together, right? Like, You know, whether it's as moms or in community or in an organization, like we get stronger if we're working together and supporting one another. And I had a similar experience as you where I had my own insecurities, which then made me have a difficult time developing relationships with women, right? And so um, I also had a lot of male friends. But... As we get older, that doesn't really fulfill us in the way that we need that, right? Um, nor is it healthy, as you said. Like if you're in a marriage, and then you, you know, that can create a whole bunch of problems. Um, not that it's bad, yeah. but I'm just. <laughs> um, and so
2: it can get awkward, yeah. even if, even if there aren't any mutual exactly. feelings or anything. Yeah. It can be jealousy weird. is like,
0: human. Like there's yeah. a lot of things that come up, but we need women. They understand us, right? Um, And so I find it funny, and you probably heard me say it in the episode, like now my whole career is based on like groups of women, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Because I see how powerful it is and how connected we can become and what happens when we're no longer competing and we're actually supporting one another.
2: Yeah, I think I've come to that realization over the last couple of years, um, you know, transitioning from... I mean, I got married five years ago. So that's like five and a half years ago. So that's when I felt like I lost all my friends. Right. And so I've been trying to transition and like make friends and we've, we've moved a lot, but since we moved to Memphis, I have made this huge group of, of women that like, we're just this beautiful community that at least so far support each other. And And love each other and we have girls nights and things like that. And, and we talk about how much we miss that, how much we need that connection and how much we need that alone time with other women, because our husbands don't, they don't understand a lot of what we go through. No.
0: And going back to your question, who are you when you're not a mom? I'm a friend, I'm in community with other women. I'm like, I'm, I'm having these conversations and we lose that when we become moms, right? We, we kind of fall, like we lose ourselves. We become like, we kind of step into that role and then we become so consumed with it. We lose all the other pieces. So that community is so huge.
2: Yeah. And I think too, like um, when we become a mom, it becomes, okay, I'm a mom and I'm a wife and how like how do i balance that you know the first couple of months of being a mom is so difficult <laughs> on both you and your spouse because it's like how how do i balance my time between you and another tiny human being who's literally dependent on me for life and so yeah finding that community of women who know exactly how you feel being divided like that that is so crucial i think to a healthy even to a healthy marriage, you know, you you don't get so tired and burdened.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You need to have those other outlets. And, you know, for women who are pursuing different goals too, you know, surrounding yourself with people, other women who are also pursuing certain goals or, you know, have shared, you know, experiences or want the same things. That's super helpful. Or don't, right? Like it's both. You can have different perspectives and understand where other women are at and, and support that as well. So uh, there's so many good things that come out of it.
2: Yeah. So moral of the story, go find some, (laughs) go find some (laughs) friends who are women and um, I mean, create a community and if you can't find one, make one. Right. And I I feel like that's kind of where I've come out with this podcast is I was missing that community and guys, I have found it. So if you want to be part of this community, come join us. Because <laughs> that is women supporting women, hopefully without the queen bee effect at all. I hope none of you feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so I, I get the sense that this is something that really fulfills you.
0: Oh, yes. Uh huh. Supporting Absolutely. women.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, so. Another question that I love to ask my guests is what brings you joy? What, what else fulfills you as Kelly?
0: Yeah. Well, um, as you've probably picked up on, I like to have a lot of different things I'm pursuing. So, you know, my business is absolutely one of those. But um, I spend a lot of time advocating for mental health, which um, is a huge part of my own journey and um, and really important, especially post-2020, right? Um, where we're at right now. So that's a big thing for me when I have time where I do a lot of that work. Um, I'm a competitive runner. And so, you know, as crazy as it might sound to a lot of your listeners, I really love running and, and um, the pain that it <laughs> causes. Um, but I love racing. So, you know, that's another community, right? That's where I'm with other women and men who are, um, training and I get to spend time with people. So that brings me so much joy, um, and racing also. Um, and you know, I love playing with my boys. So being outside, um, and just experiencing life through their lens, you know, um, reminds me, you know, I'm a very driven, achievement oriented person and I can get hung up in some of that and so they kind of remind me to slow down and and have fun um, and then the other thing that brings me joy is writing um, I'm currently writing a memoir um, that's just a wonderful outlet for me
2: cool you sound like you're so even keel like you have so many different things that kind of I mean you have the physical and the mental and the family you know goals and passions, right? You have everything.
0: But I don't want your audience to think that I got it all together. <laughs> like I'm, there's, we're all kind of a hot mess, yeah. right? Um, and so, you know, I think that recognizing we're human and that life is really freaking hard and having the tools that allow us to feel better and take care of ourselves, right? Whatever that is, it looks different for everybody, but, but utilizing those and asking for help when you need it, um, important
2: yeah and taking advantage of the opportunities that you have to do something that you're passionate about like running if that's if that's what you're into (laughs) yeah we i know we have a couple runners so
0: (laughs) good okay they get it they get get it it. (laughs) it's my therapy
2: so are you a short distance or a long distance
1: runner
0: i'm long i have a marathon actually um in about 10 days from now no, wait. Yeah. A little over uh, 10 days. So, um,
2: yeah. I don't know if anyone listening will really care about this, but I'm wondering if you have um, done some of the marathons up in St. George.
0: No, uh-uh, I have not.
2: Okay. Cause Mm-mm. I think we, I had another person on the podcast and she's done some. So
0: oh, anyway. cool. awesome. Yeah, it would
2: be a really small world if you guys knew each other, but <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's fun. Um, Cool. So my very last question, and I feel like the whole episode has been really about this. And I hope that people have gotten some sort of wisdom nugget from this whole episode. Um, But what is one last piece of advice that you'd like to share with the listeners?
0: You know, I, the biggest gift that I have learned over the course of my life, and what has really helped me in the last uh, 10 years is paying attention to what I'm thinking about myself or a certain situation. Um, and I think as moms, especially, we can get in our head and be very critical of ourselves, right? Shame ourselves, feel guilty, all of the things. And so the, the thing that I teach and the thing that I do regularly is I really try to pay attention to what I'm thinking in specific times of the day and challenge that thought Um, If it's negative, which because 85% of our thoughts are negative, it usually is. Um, And so I ask myself, is this thought useful? And then I try to work hard to come up with something that's a little bit better. Because if we can catch that thought and, and change it, we can change how we feel and how we act. Right. And so if I hear myself saying, oh, my God, you're such a crappy mom. You screwed that up, which happens a lot. And I ask myself, is this thought useful? No. And I can think I'm doing the best I can, right? Then I'm going to move forward in a much different direction than if I had listened to that thought and felt the shame or the guilt and then kind of spiraled after that, right? So I think for everybody listening, ask yourself that question. You're not going to get it all the time. You're not going to hear all of the negatives. But the more you can, the better headspace you'll be in especially for your kids right and for yourself so that's my takeaway
2: perfect thank you so much and thank you for coming on the show um sharing your life experience and your research um about women supporting women um I really really appreciate that if um if the listeners want to find you where the where can they find you
0: yeah well first thank you for having me this was super fun um i am on instagram at kelly t health i have my podcast she doesn't settle and my website is just Kellytravis.net.
1: thank you for listening join the conversation and stay up to date on new episodes on instagram at she has a name too and make sure that you check out kelly's instagram at kelly t health and her podcast she doesn't settle she Has a Name Too is a production of Metco Radio. Ijerica Dennison was your host and was joined by Kelly Travis today. This episode was edited by Alex Williams.